Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Tony Hinchcliffe, and I'm here with my guest, Brendan Schaub. What's up, buddy? What's up, pal? Another beautiful day. Yeah, it is, in Cali. Yeah, it's lovely. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. No problem, man. You're one of my favorite people in the world. So are you. Anything for you, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that our chemistry is so amazing during this show that you end up dumping Brian Callen. Dude, I'm looking for a reason to dump that old fuck. Exactly. Because you know what? I've been working out. I've been getting in shape. I've been doing my long stretches like he does. And I feel like I'm up to Callen levels of, uh, of excitement. Dude, he's on the back nine. So I'm always, in the back of my mind. It's always like, I'm going to need a replacement soon. Every He's, time he turns fifty in January, I love it. And every time I do your guys' show, it is my favorite thing to just oh wait God. and then end up slowly just releasing the hounds on him, like <laughs> about how old he is. It's so, it's so funny to me. It's crazy, man. He gets so he's so reactive to those jokes. Oh come on, he got me again. Yes, yes I love it. Um, I love this, Brendan. I'm so excited because I'm not only a huge fan of your podcast and of everything, but I'm a big UFC guy. Yeah, you yeah. know this. Like you, you I absolutely love ringside. it. Yeah. You get better tickets than I do. It's I don't sort know of, if they'd give me tickets anymore. My the seats that I get to sit at because of Rogan, I sit right next to Rogan. Like one of these fights, I turned around and guess who was behind me? Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Sitting next to Toby Maguire, Superman. Ballin. And, yeah. And one of Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Ballin. Yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. And Leo's sitting there, and I'm looking back at him just like, Sorry, fellas. What a peasant you are. <laughs> Jeez. Keep your poor juice off me. Yeah. Sorry, fellas. Exactly. No, you get the best seats in the house, man. I love it. I'm super pumped. And, I, and you know, a lot of people, you know who my favorite fighter is? The great Joanna Yenjicek. yes. She's the best ever. You were into her before anyone, like, you knew about her before I did. Yeah. It's I, kind of my job to know some of that stuff. And I was that way with, it's funny because I remember being that way with Joe too. I mean, like Joe knows, but after that first fight that we saw her at live together, I was ranting about her for the rest of the night. You know, we always, yeah. after those fights, we go pretty much straight to dinner yeah. always afterwards. It's And we talk about everything slowly and break it down more. And I was just rambling about this girl with that straight, you know, left and right and those glazing elbows that just shatter, you know, eye sockets. And slowly, you know, I ended up falling in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great love story. Yeah. No, she's probably the, I would say the second best pure striker in the UFC. Who do you think number one? Wonderboy Thompson. Yeah. Just record wise, you know, what he did outside the UFC. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, you're the one guy who is ranting and raving about her. Do you, did you, do you find sitting cage side like that close? I think it does one of two things. One, you're like, damn, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Two, you can tell how brutal it is. Because you, because if you, I, and I'm sure you've been at big fights where someone gets knocked out and you hear that, yeah, like that thud of skull hitting fist. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was right next to the octagon in Australia when Holly Holm landed that kick on Ronda Rousey. And my God, I mean, the sound and the feeling, it was on my. It was like it was, a bat. And it, yes, it was literally like a bat, like a two by four, but flat almost. It felt flatter than a bat. You know TV how, doesn't do it justice. Right. Because TV, you're like, ah, it's still, I think for a lot of people out there when they watch it, TV's still like, ah, it's cool, but, yeah. you know, it's still kind of, it's kind of, not that it's fake, but they don't have to deal with it. But like, if you're in the street and you see a street fight, someone get knocked out and the repercussions, like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Now magnify that times 10 when you see someone get head kicked, something like that. At that, 
at that level, yeah. what they're doing inside that outgun, it's nuts, man. And the way Holly Holm swung that leg, I mean, the sound, it, it literally, you. there's so much going on because you realize you're witnessing history and at the same time, there's a little girl that just got kicked in I the know. skull. I know. Like, so there's this huge mix of emotions where you want to like crack up laughing because you were there, but you also are like, oh my God, is she okay? Yes. It was, it's very, very, very surreal. So let me ask you something because yeah, where do we start? I feel like we got a lot to talk about. Right. We do. But I went, when you asked me before you get into it, I remember you asked me like, Hey, when are you going to come do uh cause you do your, your kill Tony show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you, does he just like roast people? Like, I don't want to get up there and just get roasted nonstop. Right. Like, that's not my game. No, that's yeah. not how it works. No, that's you, not how you'd it be works. safe. You'd be gotcha. one, you'd be doing some roasting actually oh, nice. on that show. Oh, nice. I'm in. But I, I mean, and we're going to get you on that. I've been waiting. You and Brian are so hard to, you guys are like uh, two planets on two different axes. Like, I don't know how you guys get to hang out with each other because I can never get you guys in the same room we, at the same time. You know what? Time. We really don't see each other anymore besides work now because we work wow. so much. I outside he's busy with his shows i have my other shows going it's busy man yeah you guys are absolutely killing it you guys yeah. just did a theater tour with your yeah. show that's just doing cool... another one in january is there anything more fun than that than being around what you know like you know these fans are just animals they know you inside and out they have 30 different inside jokes with you and it's the most cool satisfying thing i think it's different what we're doing in the podcast world i think is different than even rock and roll and i think it's different than stand-up comedy because they know you right and there's legit know me no commercials and there's no disconnects you know Mm -hmm. what i mean there's these things where i think unconsciously it hasn't really been over analyzed where you know you know you know these characters from a movie maybe or a character from a tv show or songs from a musician but you don't know like you know that they once like halfway poop their pants you yeah. know coming back but, from but that's not that's also not them like when you see like toby mcguire works at the same time i do at my gym and i walked down like oh and it's two of my favorite movies spider-man and great gatsby i'm like holy shit that's you know it's yeah. great Gatsby, spider-man yeah no nah, that's toby mcguire and i don't right. know shit about him yeah but with podcasting and even some with stand-up but especially podcasting like they know me man so yeah. whenever we do meet and greets or i see fans out it's different when i was a fighter people would come up and it you know they know me from the countdown show and before fight and so serious they really don't know me right but these fans i mean it's not it's never weird because mm-hmm. the personal connection's insane that's why it works it, and so for me those those live fighting the kid you know in these theaters wilbur theater sold out chicago you know gramsci theater new york Cobbs, it's nuts man for me though, and and when that happened, it's still great, and I love that. You know, I'm always trying to challenge myself. So I was like, all right, I would because I I do I start every show with 10 minutes of stand up, then I went to 15, then it goes to 20. So, but I felt like I was the funny uncle at the barbecue because you're around family, you're around friends, they're laughing, but they know you. You know, they're gonna give you a lot of leeway. Right. I'm like ah, and Brian's like, dude, I'm telling you, you can do this. Rowan's like, you should try it, man. I'm telling yeah. you, blah blah blah. And so for me, I'm like, I, I got to venture out on my own because yeah. I'm the funny uncle at the barbecue. Like, let's see what I can do. Right. So for me now, the most satisfying thing I get is doing a set at the comedy store, right. doing a set at the Laugh Factory. Like, to me, it's like, that's those aren't my people. Those aren't my fans. But right. if you can get a laugh out of them, then at least you're on the right track. Oh, absolutely. And I think that you're so far on the right track because a common mistake that so many people make is they only play towards their fans. And especially here at the comedy store, I mean, that's what this place is built around is 
you know, strangers, tourists come in with high expectations. So it's, you know, even got a huge edge on the laugh factory, which is sort of like more like, okay, well you got handed free tickets at Hollywood Highland. Like these people came here because there's beasts on the lineup. They're paying the money. Yeah. I mean, they're walking around here. Like the other night I just showed in the bedroom. I walked down, you're here. Uh, uh, Kreischer's here. You got Rogan, Mm -hmm. D'Elia, Burr walking around. It's like, what the fuck? Yep, Fuck. Louis C.K. just popped it's in. Nuts, yeah. man. It's, it's crazy. Constantly unbelievable. Seinfeld brought me up a couple months ago. Dave Chappelle just jump up to a set. Yeah. Chris Rock. Yeah, it's fucking. I've brought nuts, all man. those guys up. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, it's so insane. And um, what the hell were we just talking about? For, for oh me, yeah, you doing comedy? So that yeah. release, like, I mean, it, how how does it compare to you? I mean, you're a guy that's been in the octagon and now. I mean, you're doing comedy sets, yeah. uh, high level comedy sets. And I mean, sure, the adrenaline might not be the same, but in what ways, like, do you, do you have any maybe things that you do it with your mind, like with your brain or meditative things like yeah. uh, that you, that are in common or no, different? Like how do the, how yeah. do those two things correlate? I think they correlate because you're on your own. It's all on you. The work you put in is usually you're going to get good results. Although, in the UFC, you know, I know it's cliche to say no one worked harder than me. Was I world champ? I wasn't, man. So, right. so that you know, there there might have been a guy who worked maybe a little less hard, but he's so talented, or maybe he was more comfortable inside that cage. I was never comfortable. Right. I was always terrified. It was never my calling. It just wasn't. My family knew that. My friends knew that. Even my coach knew it was never my calling. I was just really athletic. I picked up on things and I was competitive and I had a knack for it. And there weren't that many good athletes in the sport when I was coming up. So I advanced very quickly. I've always, as a kid and my friends knew this, I was always this goofball. My heroes were in Saturday Night Live. My heroes were Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler. I was just, you know, it's a blessing and curse. I was blessed with these genes. I'm a bigger guy and um, I was fast and picked up things. So, and in Denver, Colorado, there wasn't an outlet to do any of this. I wanted to do it, but playing football, fighting the UFC was kind of, that was like, I didn't think this was a possibility. Like right. if you, if five years ago you told me uh, I was doing a podcast with you yeah. sitting here talking about comedy, I would have like, what drug are you taking? I would love to have some, like right. that's, that's not happening. So I, the similarities are, you're on your own and the work you put in, you're usually going to get that out of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, and this might be my own insecurities and Rogan told me that the other day, but I, I'm already behind the eight ball just because, and I'm, I'm not, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but no, I love it. Keep going. Like I've never felt like as an outcast or kind of the nerdy kid um, until uh, in sixth grade, I did when I left uh, Aurora Hills Middle School. I went to Prairie Middle School, brand new school. I really didn't fit in, but as a jock, people can gravitate towards you. You can make friends easily. In the comedy world, like I'm a little bit of the dorky kid now because, you know, as an athlete, kind of this meathead, you're an outcast, man. So I I'm always so like so insecure when I when I come. Like like I literally when I was driving home the other night after we got done, just all the comics were hanging out. Yeah. 
like I got in my car and was driving down Sunset. I almost felt like crying. I was just so happy because everyone's so friendly to me, and I felt like I had friends. And you know, at 32, for the first time in my life, when I started doing comedy on my own, I was like, man, these guys are gonna hate me. And so I was worried about what, how I dressed. And mm-hmm. when I went to Laugh Factory and had me on the marquee, I went, I'm like, you gotta take me off, man. You can't right. do that. Like yeah. it's not helping me. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? Like Rogan's like, what are you talking about? It's true though. Like, Those insecurities about? are actually an advantage, believe it or not. Yeah. Like it's what you don't want to be is out of touch and not self-aware and this and that all the good comedians have insecurities they're freaking out if you think Chappelle doesn't think to himself man I'm about to go up there and riff and I did fucking season two of the Chappelle show when these people see me go up there their expectations are going to be so fucking high I mean He's doing that. Yeah. I know it. Yeah, for and sure. I know Seinfeld's going, oh, man, I haven't been here in 38 <laughs> years. What am I going to do? I don't yeah. even know. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the beauty in it. So then when your gut does flow, like, and your instincts yeah. have to rock out, like you said, all the, your little bit of training here and there and every night and this and that, you know, we're writing during the day. It just Non-stop. lets it rip. And, Non-stop. And Non-stop every, and that, yeah. that same, that same kind of, a work ethic I had in uh, sports, you know, I brought into business. I brought mm-hmm. in my comedy. So every morning I'm going through my set. In the afternoon I'm going through my set. If there's a show coming up, I'm doing it three, six times a night, yeah. just going, going, yeah. going. And then I'm finding stuff. Then I go on stage, I'll find certain things, and I'm, it's the best feeling, man. Oh, yeah. And I, I get off. I'm like, this is what you're supposed to do, man. Yeah. And when you're doing something that you really want to be doing and pushing yourself, there's nothing more fun than that. Now, I want to get back to something because you said something that's like so fucking intriguing and cool. And I love that you said it and the honesty in it. I'm intrigued to find out more about it. You said that you were, let me put it to you this way. I love living my dreams, right? Like I love doing stand-up comedy. I get to roast Snoop Dogg last week, which was epic like i had so much fun I you killed it too. night of my life i had the night of my life i mean i had snoop calling me a young genius <laughs> like all this shit She's right yeah, we I ended up it. smoking rapping together we we, we wrapped a verse of was one of my favorite night Snoop's. of all time it was the best night of all time That's it sick. really was like i was on cloud nine for like three days afterwards and you know, I, I did this show called the Goddamn Comedy Jam a couple times where you get to like actually be a rock star after doing a comedy set in front of a real rock and roll crowd. Like Jesus. I've got I've done amphitheaters at Oddball. Yeah. And one of the things that I would love to do that I'm sure sh- it will never happen <laughs> would be to like if there was like, you know, a special like celebrity type of UFC you know, in weight classes type of thing. It's just something I would love to do. Now, I can't imagine how nervous I would be for this. Like, as a super fan and a guy that ha- is so close to the action and the octagon, here's what I'm sort of wondering is like, are there certain moments or times during the entrance, during the, you know, when they're applying like the Vaseline, Vaseline and putting in your mouthpiece, like, what are some things that stand out to you like when you're like really like this shit is about to go down or was there a part where you get more scared is there a part where you get more like mm. you know the entrance is the psychology behind everything in the ufc is what i love not, the fact that, that people think it's animals fighting and not chess blows my mind and that's what makes like certain world champions so much more special than just your typical ufc fighter right 
Everyone goes through nerves. I've seen the biggest, baddest guys you see on TV terrified in the back. It's just normal. If if you're not scared, I'd probably say you're stupid because fear is a sign of intelligence. They yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah. So guys that aren't scared, it's like, oh, yeah, you're a caveman. This is, of course, you would fight. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So for me, I'm in the back. I was always terrified, man. There was never a fight where I was just like, oh, you got this. Like I was always... And I worked with mental coaches and everything on it. Mm -hmm. And I know most guys do, but it's just not, it wasn't natural. It just, your brain's going, what are you doing, man? What the, what the hell are you doing? And I would just, anytime I had a negative thought come up, I'd count it with a positive right away. I'd breathe or I was a guy who I I couldn't just sit there and think I'd like to move and get a sweat on it. That helped my nerves. Yeah. So in the back was by when they're wrapping your hands, everything like what the fuck? Every fight, this is the last one. What the fuck am I doing? When they're wrapping the hands, for example, is definitely you have time to think. You almost are naturally looking down at it. Right. My my last fight two years ago, uh, UFC 181 uh, at MGM, the guys wrap my hands and he go on there and He's a famous cut man. I'm not gonna sell him out, but he's huge, and you'll see him in every corner box. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, he goes, "You a striker or a grappler?" I went, "Well, both." And he goes, "Well, how do you want me to wrap your hands? Like you trying to knock this guy, or are you trying to grapple?" I went, "Both." <laughs> and I go, "Does it matter?" And I said, "It's UFC, right. brother. This isn't boxing. Haven't you been uh. doing this forever?" And he goes, "Well, some guys like that." He goes, "Because if you're knockout, I'm gonna give you more padding. If you're grappling, I'm gonna give you less padding." I'm like. Well, I like to think I can do both. And I, just going through that interaction <laughs> right. with him, I was like, this is terrible. Like, All of a sudden, you're like, to a bad start. Right. You're like, like, my opponent probably went for the knockout, yeah, the like, son of a bitch. And I'm like, does he ask everyone this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, ask, yeah, go ask my opponent. What did he pick? <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, both, brother. But uh, those those thoughts are, are crazy, man. It's a, yeah. And some people are born to do it, like the Diaz brothers, Donald Cerrone, Ronda Rousey. Connor, there's guys who it's just in their nature, it's in their blood. Right. If you ask Nate and Nick Diaz to fight right now for free, they would do it. Right. I would never do that. Right. I've ne- I've never been the the guy that got in a fight at uh, a bar or something like that. Some people it's just in their nature to do it. So it made my nerves even more scary, and that's right. why I was motivated by fear, yeah. which is. You know, I probably aged 10 years. I got gray hairs now and shit because I was always so stressed out. My manager, Lex McMahon at the time, he would only call me if it was important. That's why I love this guy. He'd only call me if I got a fight, a big sponsor, fight got canceled, something. Yeah. And he would send me a text if it was a fight that go, call me amigo. He's Vince McMahon's son. So he's been in show business forever, blah, blah, blah. So I'd get a text, call Wait, me. Vince McMahon's son? Yeah. Oh, sorry, not Vince McMahon. Uh, Ed McMahon. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Johnny Carson show, yeah. the old school guys. Yeah. Um, so he goes, uh, call me amigo. And uh, it was some big fight. I think it was Gabriel Gonzaga, who's ranked number six in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was like my first huge fight uh, in Anaheim. I'm on uh, the main card for the first time. Cain Velasquez and uh, Brock Lesnar's the, the main event. Wow. So it's like huge yeah. for me. I win that one, title contention, blah, blah, blah. And I remember I, I got the text, got the call, Gabriel Gonzaga, number six, seven in the world, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool, man. Hung up the phone and I just started running. And I probably ran 22 miles, but just straight, just straight. Forrest Gump style. Forrest Gump style in jeans and a polo. Wow. And just like running because I was like so scared. Oh, and I had to you know, get God. a cab back. <laughs> oh, I didn't know where wow. I was. Yeah, I was so out of it. I just started running straight. Wow, that is intense. It's so intense, man. And then- 
that night I wouldn't sleep. I was watching videos of him, and because I was a fan of the UFC before I was even in it, mm-hmm. I was a guy that stood in line at the the expos for hours to get Wanderlei and Josh Koscheck's autograph. Like I was that guy. Yeah. So when these names they come, I, I think it's an ad- advantage if you don't know them. If you're like, ah, oh, it's whatever. I've seen that guy's last two fights. He got knocked out by Junior Dos Santos. Not a big deal. Right. To me, I was like. Oh, that's Gabriel Gonzaga who beat this guy. Uh, he lost Randy Couture. He knocked out Crocop, best knockout of all time. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, I just started running like Forrest Gump. Wow. So I never, I never dealt with it very, very well. <laughs> right. I mean, I, 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 well, some guys do. I never did, man. Just some crazy guy in jeans and a polo running down the street continuously, sweating, man. That's sweating. hilarious, yeah. man. That twenty-two miles. You're so funny. What a head case. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And and some people are great at it. And, but uh, but I, I was always a guy who. Ever. I mean, my, my entire career, even in the NFL, but especially in the UFC, I, it, it's not that I'm difficult to d- deal with. If you talk to anyone in the UFC, I'm a great employee. Any of my employees I have now for finding the kid, I'm the best, man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm easy to work with. But I was always a guy, I'd always, I wouldn't fight with you, but I would always ask, why are we doing this? Like, if you're going to say get in line, I'm like, cool, where are we going? I just want to know, like, what the plan is here. Because, I I pride myself on being an educated, smart dude, and I just want right. to figure out where this ship's going before I jump on the ship. Yeah. So I've I've always been that way, and um, you know it 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 bumped some people wrong stuff, and it, but it's also made my career where, where it is now too. Right now, for a while, you were romantically involved with Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Um, I've hooked up with people in my industry. It's it's fun because you can connect with someone. Let's hear some names, Tony. Oh you wow, oh, Jesus, Harry Manis, the producer out of <laughs> hey, nowhere. Some goddamn names. Good God, I forgot you were here on the other side <laughs> of the glass. Just blind. You didn't name some names, please. I, I need some names and pictures <laughs> now. Good Lord, Ari. Um, Just kidding. You know, and it's and it's fun. Uh, I you know, obviously, you know that me and Johanna, Johanna. You got a thing. By a thing, I mean just you like her. We have a thing. Yeah. Do you do you have any advice? Because I don't think she likes me at all. I think that she has a boyfriend and she has to sort of like semi ignore all the hype that people tweet at her and Instagram posts on her onslaught. Yeah. The Tony onslaught. What's amazing is that like what it like it's funny because you you said it earlier, but like I was so far ahead on this thing. And now as it's grown, not only did she become the undisputed and defending multiple times strawway champion. Kind of thanks to you, though, you know, exactly. I mean, I mean the I, least I, she can do is if you think I wasn't ranting to you and Rogan, I mean, <laughs> you should have seen what I was doing to Dana White. Dana, we have to get her a title we shot. We have to. And a stylist. We got to get rid of those yeah, polos. Exactly. And she became like super, super extra she's like the sexy one now i mean whoa wait sir? a second <laughs> sir hey i know that's your girl but excuse me sir with that Who's nose that? <laughs> i need oh. you to relax come on she's no a, she's a she's a pretty young who's lady the, uh, who's the page van Zandt yeah page van Zandt. yeah you have page and then uh yeah there's a there's a couple of girls who are what was that? A First spinning, team all cutie. Would she land a spinning heel kick on a girl? She, she did the Karate Kid uh, yeah. jumping kick. Oh, my God. Came straight from Dancing with the Stars. Like, check this out. So I thought she was going to be in trouble because I was like, you're doing Dancing with the Stars. You haven't been training. She did work. Yeah. And it's her, good. The UFC needs stuff like that. It's amazing. It's so fun. I once told Dana, I once told him, you know, it's amazing that you're, you've are you been able to do what Vince McMahon does with a 
20-person writing team, you're able to put real storylines together and just sort of, you know, let the truth play out. Yeah, but but when you say, and I'm not discrediting Dana, what he's done right. with the UFC, they're going to uh, talk about him in business schools. And, uh, I mean, dude, I mean, the guy's brilliant. Mm-hmm. People think I hate him. I don't at all. I have right. no reason to hate him. I'm in a different lane now. Um, but those stories tell themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, Vince McMahon has to come up with it. He has to right. physically create the story. Paige Van Ant's story creates herself. John Jones' story creates itself. Ronda Rousey's story. Conor McGregor. Those, you, like Dana, and I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a brilliant, brilliant mind, brilliant businessman. He's not creative. Right. Like he's not coming up with those stories. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. those stories happen whether I'm the president or you're the president. Right. The, the just, it's just luck of the draw. Like those are coming along. You know right. what I'm saying? Which, you know, a guy like Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey, a woman like Ronda Rousey, those are once in a lifetime athletes. So it just so happens it's during this time right now. Yeah. Now, Rhonda's got her return fight coming up. I don't know if I've ever really in person seen a knockout as brutal as what I saw in Australia. Um, I know this is a cheesy fanboy question, but any predictions coming out on this one? I mean, are you leaning towards... I mean, because they're both, what, knockout specialists, first round fireworks, right? I would say Rhonda's a knockout specialist. I think think her striking and her camp's... Striking was exposed. You look at Travis Brown. Granted, did he beat me? I know you guys are like, well, he beat you, but doesn't matter. Look at the, his his previous uh, his fights past me. Now you look at Ronda striking. Anyone out of their camp, it's not very good. Her, I wouldn't say her striking is world class. If she lands, because she's a strong girl, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Amanda Nunes is a, a knockout artist. That's mm-hmm. the difference. I never bet against Ronda. The, the the thing that scares me a little bit about her is. You look at a, a real fighter, a guy like Conor McGregor, when he lost his belt to, or not belt, when he lost to Nate, he was like, I want to fight tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Give me that fucking fight back, man. Mm-hmm. And was begging him. His team was like, don't take that fight. That's a bad fight for you. He goes, no, no, no. I want to fight him. I'm going to fight him at 70 just to prove to doubters I can do it. That's what you want out of you. If you're a manager, if you're a fight promotion owner, that's what you want. What scares me about Ronda is, I mean, she went, MIA, she blamed on the media. It's yeah. like, well, that same media turned you into who you are. Right. But when it doesn't go your way and you want to be a negative and dark person, when you lose, this is what happens. Yeah. Like if Floyd Mayweather was ever to lose, right. it'd be the only thing close to what Rhonda's experienced. Yeah. So her taking this time off, it's a little scary. And in her interviews, um, I, I don't see him. Someone told me she said something like, uh, this is one of my one of my last ones. Mm-hmm. Whenever a fighter even hints at this might be the last one, they're one foot in, one foot out, yeah. or both feet out. Right. Ronda's so technical, and the women's division has a long ways to go to catch up with men. But if men say that, they get absolutely annihilated. If right. I hear any of that, I'm, I always take the other guy if I'm betting on it. So style-wise, this, this fight for Ronda to come back is a good one. Amanda Nunes comes forward, which Ronda loves, and mm-hmm. should toss her and submit her. Mm-hmm. So I, my money's still on Ronda. Mm-hmm. That's banking that her mental state is good, right? Which I, you know, but and you know, I don't have any insiders on this. But from what I hear, and obviously with the time off, that's up for debate, right? Which is scary, right? Which makes total sense because, like, the way she got kicked. I mean, I think we all knew. I think, yeah, I think the people all near that octagon that night knew we weren't. It wasn't a three to six month return and it was a real whack and the whole fight was a real psychological whack. I mean, for for a girl for magnitude to lose like like that's the worst case possible. But at the same time, too, 
And if, if that happens to Kane, if that happens to Connor, these guys are chomping at the bit to get in there. Yeah. So when I don't see them, like, mm. what's crazy about that is the kick wasn't even. It wasn't even, even though it was the most painful and obviously the end. It wasn't even the. It was the third to me, the third craziest thing that happened in that storyline of that event. That storyline is the, the, the first time. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. The, the storyline was it was the first time we saw Rhonda outclassed. Yeah. She got taken down. Yep. She that couldn't was one. land anything. She, it, her striking in that fight looked very rudimentary, very amateur, because Holly's amazing yeah. professional striker. Yep. So her striking really is the first time Rhonda's fought a good striker like that, of yeah. Holly's level. And you're just like, oh my god! Like you, because we made Ronda this mythical creature, right. and then when you see something like, like, oh my god! Well, when she loaded up for her judo toss, and Holly dropped her hips and popped her up, different animal. That was a moment of, I mean, I just got the chills just saying it. We, I mean, we've it was never like, seen it. again, that was in my, you know, it is sort of funny, as stupid as it sounds. Like when you are that close to the octagon. Not everything always happens on your eighth of the octagon, yeah, you know what true. I mean? But it seemed like everything was right in front of me. And I'm telling you, that takedown, the momentum shift, the feeling in the air of like, whoa, it was it's so pro wrestling. In pro wrestling, it, no matter how long, the, the bigger matches, in the end, the end is always worked out. Yes. They load up their finisher, whoever's going to lose, and then it gets reversed, yep. and it's this huge thing because, and then, you know. Back and, and forth, and momentum. It, that was one of those moments where it's like, oh, shit, she's loading up for her toss. Holly's feet are going to flip over any second now. It's and over. just, whoa, boom. Yeah. And it was one of those moments. Also, the other one being when Ronda was charging so hard like a bull and, and missed that right hook and, like and, and, and her knee went down and yeah. she turned around. That was another moment where it was just like, we are witnessing history. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I wish her the best. I, I hope she wins. I, I think if she was in a dark place before she loses again, like gets starched by Amanda Nunes, where she... she It'd be bad I got news. in. Uh, I, so, so I, I just hope for her sake because Amanda Nunes seems like mentally she's she's all set. For Ronda's sake, I, I hope she wins. It, I hope she wins. But then what? Then then think. Then what? Then you got Cyborg looming in oh the my dark. God. Ain't no one trying to fight her. That, no one. That's the you one. and I would have our hands full if she walked in right now. I was like, yo, is this Tony talking all that shit? Yeah. I'm like, goddamn, Tony. Let, all right, help me out. I know. I'd be fucked. I had to think about that. That I, on the plane ride home from the Rousey uh, home fight, me, Dana, and Joe did a podcast, and yeah, I heard. I ended up making a cyborg joke, and uh, I've had to think about that since then. Is the fear of like, oh, I guess I would just get beat up. <laughs> I mean, I guess I would just take it. Hopefully it wouldn't kill me. Hopefully there wouldn't be too much brain damage, and I would just get beat up. You'd I mean, what am I going to do? Out and be like, "World star!" And you're just getting your ass whooped. It'd be so sick. That could you're be... doing it to yourself, world star, before you yeah, get your ass whooped. I love that. Me that's too, actually man. how I'll do that. That's Thank you. you. That's you that's some good showbiz advice. Go, I'm going to spin it into my big break <laughs> <laughs> while my nose breaks. She's a beast, man. Did no you watch that video of her cutting weight? Yeah, man, and for, I feel bad for her. And this again, this is why the fighters' union. We can get into that. I could give mm -hmm. some breaking news. Yeah, on that'd actually. be great. But that's why I feel bad for Cyber. I I was never anti Cyber, but I always say you can't have her as your champ because not not too many kids can relate to her. Blah blah blah. But to me, right now, there's there's not a better female fighter on the planet walking this earth. There, right. There's just not. Right. But because 
you know, she'd probably start every girl they have in the division. Yeah. Holly's probably the toughest matchup for her just because her style, but right. I don't see her getting it done against Cyborg. But they don't give Cyborg any publicity. They right. give her no help, yeah. no publicity. They won't. They create a uh, division for Ronda. They won't do it for Cyborg. Why, though, man? Right. Because Cyborg, um, she's, you know, she's not a cute blonde girl who's probably going to make it to Hollywood. She's just not. Yeah. That's the way the world works. I'm not going to be a polo rider. It's just that, that, that it sucks, but that's the way the world works. So for her, the I think the UFC could they could build another division. They could have her do super fights, but you can't force that. And if you watch that video that you're talking about where she's cutting weight and she's literally on her deathbed. Oh yeah. They would, they would never do that to anyone else. Right. And she's this phenomenal talent. Right. Nice girl, uh, knockout artist. She'd be, you know, you look at her resume, she's amazing, man. But to make her go through, that's insane. It really is. And it's one of those things where it makes me wonder, like, you know, I, maybe, maybe she just took, too many steroids you think like you know I mean, to where they don't want to make an example out of that like you can't just go get ripped and huged in an, in another country and then come over and be like hello but i get that but where do you stop that at then with alistair over do you kick alistair over him out he used to fight know. at 205 pounds yeah you know what i'm saying yeah what do you do it's so crazy but i do she's clean now that's all we yeah. care about, yeah? Cause, That's true. Because if you can go, well... She doesn't even have fucking water in her body she when she nothing. cuts that weight. It's amazing. She can't even a slice of apple. Yeah. Like she can't do anything. So, you know, where do you stop at? But as of now, she's clean. She's passed USADA testing. Mm -hmm. So you, you got to give her, her her dues. Yeah. But they're not doing that. And that's where... And if and we can get into if you want about the fire yeah. association no, and stuff I do. like that. And I'll give you some breaking news on that. Yeah, there. let's do it. Yeah, so um, the fire association, all that stuff... I've been approached several times by multiple people to right. kind of jump on board with that stuff. And I've just never been, uh, you know, I'm always like, well, what do you guys, what's your ultimate goal here? Like, what are your plans? I've never really bought into it. And then Tim Kennedy, uh, Don Cerrone, Kane Velasquez, TJ Dillashaw, those guys jumped on board, right? And I was like, all right, well, let's see. And they're represented by CA. So am I. Right. And me too. There you go. Shout out to The CA. best agents in the world. Yeah, killing it. It's the only reason why I... Make money. So um, I started talking. I, I saw their uh, uh, press release, and uh, they talked to me a little bit, a bit about it before. And I was like, God, I'm so busy, man. I don't know if I want to do it. And I had a, a friend. I won't call him out, but he's high up at CA. And uh, we're at lunch talking about these things. It was during the press conference. He goes, Brandon, let me ask you something. He goes, would you say that one of the reasons why your your podcast got so big is because you're so outspoken, like anti-Reebok, and you're honest with the fans, stuff like that? I went, 100%. Yeah. I was one of the first fighters. I was the first fighter to really run that flag. I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm out. Right. Like, if you're not going to do this, I'm out, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, exactly. And he goes, and, and now, you know, you're at where you're at, and now you're just, what are you going to do? You just Now that they're trying to get something going, you're not going to help them out? He said, they could use a voice. You know, you're whatever, five million plus listeners a month. You could really help these guys out. Mm -hmm. It's like, God, you're right, man. I'm just worried about, you know, it's kind of bullshit and people are in, they're out. They're not both foot, feet in. He goes, well, just hear them out. Talk to them. So I, I won't say who I talked to, but I talked to two guys. Um, one one of the fighters who was up there, I, actually, I can say his name, Tim Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Tim said he had, you know, over... 200 current UFC fighters text him going, I want in, we're on board. And he goes, and they're all asking questions. He goes, so I have to do it by pri priority. He goes, so I'm calling you. We want you on board, man. And I went, cool. Tell me what you guys are trying to get done. Because I'll tell you what I think you should do. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you want to do. So they go through it, and we're, I mean, we're eye to eye on this. And I went, 
I'm in, man. So I'm sure you'll see, and this is the first time, this happened yesterday. Oh, wow. So, so you're I'm, added. Yeah, so you'll see, in the, love that. I'm sure, a pre, uh, press conference next week. Breaking uh, news. Release. Yeah. So That's so cool. Yeah, so for me, I just think what there's there's no better time than now to make a change because with the UFC, we know what they're worth now, right? We've mm-hmm. never known before. $4 right. billion. Dollars. And Dana has his money. Yeah. So it's basically like he was this pit bull. And he's neutered. Right. He's good. You're, yeah. You don't have to fight this fight anymore, brother. You right. did your job. Yeah. You're brilliant. You got your Scrooge McDuck rich. Yeah. So let these guys eat, brother. Now it's like because start from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. You're just here. The yep. rest of us are straight at the bottom. Yeah. So you you see uh, like a tweet today from Carla Sparza that I blasted out for her. You know she's selling her Harley Davidson that she won the Ultimate Fighter because right. she, she can't pay bills anymore. Right. Uh, Pat Cummins, a good friend of mine, training partner, uh, talked to him on my way up here. He's homeless. Wow. He's homeless. He and he, he had a staff infection. He's supposed to fight next week, and he can't fight. Oh. So he's like, I'm just going from buddy to buddy, um, you oh. know. And, and I got an air mattress, and you know, I, I use tents. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? You're ranked. I think he's still ranked in the top 15 oh in the world. God. He's going tent to tent. I mean, he can't stay with me, but right. good for you, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For sure, can't stay with me. But <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, especially with that that dirty staff infection. Sorry, buddy. What? No, man. And you lost your last fight. I can't. I got kids, bro. I can't have that around my little kid. Winners only. Yeah, I can't have a loser up here. I hate to be shitty about it. Oh my god! But now's the time, man. And they have some momentum behind them, and we see eye to eye. And I have some thoughts, uh, a lot of thoughts about things, and. We'll see. How do you think it's going to break down? You think they'll get what a uh, like a base salary maybe with per fight bonuses? That seems to make sense, right? Well, you look at like the the baseball union, which everyone models after because the best, right. you know, yeah. fifty percent. I don't know if they get to fifty percent, but they're right. going to get damn close. And I think, especially now with the TV rights and they're trying to negotiate, this is the time to do it. Totally. But my message to Tim and, and to those guys was. I love Tim. I love Don Cerrone. I love TJ. I love Cain yeah. Velasquez. I fucking love all those guys. Yeah. The UFC doesn't skip a beat if those guys don't fight. That's right. the true honesty. Right. None of those guys are like a Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, to be honest with you, yeah. is the only pay-per-view powerhouse right now. Yep. He just is. And if you saw his numbers, you'd be like, oh my God, pay that guy $200 million a fight. But um, So those guys aren't. To make a change, you need the math. You need an army. You need an army go, listen, man, we're on board with these guys. We're, what they say, we're on board with, and we're not doing shit till something changes. Yeah, but you can't just have four famous guys do it. You need a, an, an army, and I'll wait because I don't want to say anything I shouldn't be saying. But uh, they're headed in that direction. I'll say that in the direction of having bigger people, having an army. Right, right. Well, it's interesting that we're talking about this now. I'm glad that you broke the news here because we are live in the basement of the comedy store right now. And in 1979, I was just thinking about that. Right, yeah, the strike of all the comedians. I mean, they they did this thing that was never done before because Mitzi Shore in this. This is a fucking beautiful analogy you're about to hear, by the way, because like everything matches up. Mitzi Shore, right, created this empire. In 72, and now it's, was it 76 or 79? Whatever. I forget, yeah. But everything's banging, man. They're doing three shows a night in every room. That's nine shows turning and burning. There's hundreds of people, two drink minimum, plus 20 bucks a ticket. She's loaded. And these comedians were not getting paid a dime. She's literally like, oh, you want to get better? You want to be a star? You want someone to see you, and then you'll be famous? You got to do it here. 
And then like, so it's so much the same. Very similar. Because like, yeah, I mean, if you were great, then yeah, the Johnny Carson booker would catch you in the back of the room and goodbye. You're a star. What's your chances with that though? Right, exactly. And so there was a strike. And of course, just like with this, you know, it doesn't start always with the, at the time, your David Letterman or your Jay Leno, but it, it actually, it actually did. I mean, well, it actually started with like really good, great guys, but it wasn't like the top. It wasn't obviously your McGregor, your Rousey. Yeah, the top were getting fed. They're like, I I don't see a problem with this this model. They don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. Correct. Right. Right. McGregor's a different story, though. We'll get into that. And yes, let's make sure we get back to that. We remember that? Yeah. And so like what ends up happening and and I'm I'm I mean, I hope everything ends up safe and okay and everything, but it always takes like something fucking crazy for something to really happen. Even with Letterman, Leno, uh you name it, man. I, I don't think Richard Pryor stayed Jesus on Mitzi's Christ. side. Mit- so in this and this is true. Richard Pryor as of now would be your McGregor, yeah. right? And he was by Mitzi's side. He was eating it up, doing extra long time, getting the fucking just That would be Ronda. That wouldn't right. be that wouldn't be Oh, McGregor. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, exactly. But I'm saying like huge mega star yeah. that's holding out in, on the owner's side. Yeah, yes. you're right. That is Ronda. That's Ronda. Her and Dana are so close. It's like unbelievable like they're like piggyback no comments, like, like me me i i, I <laughs> no, no comments, yeah i know I just, i'm just saying like they have quite the chemistry anyway moving on uh so um no but that, it's a great analogy and, what, and I think, what ended up happening and let's jump right back is it a fucking guy that parking ramp right there right next to where we are that yeah. goes up to the ondas yeah. a guy jumped off the hotel at the ondas named steve lubetkin who was one of the comedians that was striking and this and that and even then and with a with a thing attached to his chest while they were striking outside with a paper that says you know my name's steve lubetkin i'm a comedian at the comedy store you know, blah blah blah. Pay these guys pretty much. Jump, yeah, jump. For sure, get a fucking trophy of him or a statue out front here. Well, he got his the name on the wall. The... He got his name. He got his <laughs> name. A lot of names. On I the know. Wall. There's a lot of names. The creepiest part is that his name is on the wall, almost like exactly across from where he landed oh, on the fucking ramp. It's like fuck. so Boy, creepy. The guy paid his dues. No, but to go further, it it goes back to what you said. It took a whole army of picketers and pretty much most of the comedians here to strike before anything changed. And then to go to current day, a few, I forget if it was a year ago or a few months ago, there was a big, not a strike, but a lot of press came out that UCB doesn't pay their comedians. Huge. But it didn't get, it didn't create a strike and it didn't create that army and nothing changed. The comedians that UCB are not being paid. No, I mean, mean, it's a complete similar uh, case. I think, you know, in Dana's case, I don't know if I'd do anything different. Like he's like, "What do you want me to do? I got into this, it, right?" And there was no, no one. It's not my job to create a union. That's right. on you guys. So right. I'm not saying Dana's a bad person. No, there. totally. And, and, and I might have ran it the same way. Like, if you guys want union? Yeah, do something about it. Right. But I'm just gonna keep making fucking money, selling right. this thing four billion dollars. Yeah. But now is the best time because. As an army, as the masses, these UFC fighters, if they come together, it affects the TV rights. It affects the sale of the UFC because they, they got some making up to do. You see yeah. all these cuts they're doing because they're like, okay, we paid so much money for this. It might not be worth that much. We kind of fucked up. So we need to figure out how we're going to save money going forward. So you see all these cuts. You see um, they're taking away. You, the UFC used to only pr- 
so the Ultimate Fighter, their pay-per-views, they use their own in-house production company, which is expensive. Well, now they're they're relinquishing that. They're saying, all right, you guys can do it now because they want to save money. So now would be the time because you can affect that stuff. This is the key here. Um, this is the key. WME IMG, who owns the UFC now, Ari uh, Emanuel and Dana mm-hmm. White, blah, blah, blah. In the ownership of the UFC is Conan O'Brien, Mark Wahlberg, artists. Right. Artist. All I artists. can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. Artists, entertainers. Yeah. UFC guys are entertainers. Yeah. How hard was it for Conan O'Brien or these other guys who own it to get to where they're at? Right. I guarantee you they are not of, aware of the treatment of the UFC fighters. Right. So if they're owners and someone can go to them and go, listen, you know that company you invested in, you, you love the UFC? Check this out. This guy, Pat Cummins, ranked number 13 in the world or whatever, he's homeless, man. Yeah. You sure you want to be part of that? And they're going to go, oh, my God, no, we, dude, I've scratched and clawed my way to get equal rights for artists. Right. We we have to make this right. So those artists who are co-owners of the UFC, they're, they're not familiar with what's going on. Right. So if you can get to them, it, it would go a long way. Yeah. And it also no one make, brings that up. No one brings that up. But as soon as I saw that, Conan, Conan O'Brien, Mark right. Wahlberg, all Jimmy these Kimmel. celebrities, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. it's like- Oh my God. Hey guys, we're the same as you. Right. You, you know how you, you guys had to bust your ass All to the get way. Equal Jimmy rights. Kimmel used to have to wake up every day at like 4 a.m. to go do Kevin and Bean, go do voices on morning radio. And he's and, one of my favorite people. Yeah. I love that guy. But I yeah. guarantee you, and I've met these guys, if you have if someone knowledgeable sits down and goes, This is the treatment, and you're an owner, brother. Would you, would you accept that? They're going to go, oh my God, no, we, we got to make moves. Yeah. That's how you're going to get it done. And it also makes me wonder if it could be, this union thing could end up, I mean, crazy thought, but who knows, being a super profitable thing for the UFC because who knows how many of the smartest future best fighters that are 16, 17, 18, deciding whether they want to go play, I mean, super freaks with good brains. They're going NFL, NBA right now. Yeah. Why not? Go, go be a wide receiver. I would never let my son fight. Right. With condition. Well, even even if he had the skills, I want ju- the juice just isn't worth the squeeze. Would you let him play football? I would because there there's compensation. Uh, it's not you know. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would because there's a direct path to get to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Play pop Warner. Play in middle school. Play in high school. Do well there. Right. You get a scholarship to Division One school. Yeah. Do well there. Become All American. You get drafted in the first round. You get this huge lump sum of money, and then you're off to the races. Right. In the UFC, it's like if someone said, hey, man, what's the best way to go? I'm like, shit, man. I can tell you my route, but, it, I mean, everyone comes from all different angles. You know? Yeah. That's interesting. But it, that, 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 that stuff, man, no one talks about it. So my example would be, just to break it down for the listeners who are like, so you tell the artists, think of the UFC as SeaWorld and think of all the fighters as Shamu. Mm-hmm. Remember when that the, the Black Fish documentary yeah. came out and everyone went, Oh my God! That's the way yeah. they treat Shamu. Right? Fuck SeaWorld. Yep. And their ratings went. Yeah. Yep. And they're like, whoa, 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 yeah, we don't fuck with Shamu anymore. Yeah. No. Check it out. Like yeah. videos of them petting Shamu. Shamu's on a feeding leash it. in yeah. the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Like we check. took Shamu yeah. for a walk. Yeah, there we are. It's all good. My bad. And now they're actually getting rid of Shamu. Right. The UFC's SeaWorld. All the fighters Shamu. Yeah. And once you expose how bad they're treated, then you're going to get a change. 
interesting fact, Pat Cummins slept inside a closed SeaWorld last night. So Boom, there, 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 yeah. it all comes little, together. In the little end. fact, Pat Cummins actually works at SeaWorld. He, sh- he bathed in the Shamu tank. Today. Just to bring this full circle, he feeds the seals because he can't afford to, to not work. I mean, it is amazing. Interesting it, conversation, right? Really, really, really interesting. And, and anyone taking on those TV deals or WME had no idea what they were getting themselves into. But those TV deals, they're like, yeah, you want $450 million a year? Well, you guys need to figure this shit out. We're not doing anything. So it's it's going to incentivize them to get going. Right, right. Yeah, something's about to happen. I'm excited to see what's next with the whole thing. Watching the landscape of that sport evolve and change continuously is one of the it's like if we're watching the nfl right now we got leather helmets on yeah it's like god damn let's get going here man yeah it is it is unbelievable so i'm pumped about things man we're having fun you're doing stand-up now i know i love that it's crazy i'm excited about that stand up shot some tv shows i should find out in the next week if they get picked up shot two pilots yeah that's what's gonna happen yeah it's cool what's the thing that uh what's the thing that um cerrone just shot do you know? And is that I thing real or is that his makeup from that show? Do you know? I don't know. I can find out. I mean, I'll text that him. That picture of his eye was gruesome. It was gnarly. That's some great makeup and he's fucking with everybody. So. I don't think so. It sort of looks like no, it's, it looked pretty he got legit. into a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a crazy dude. His name's Cowboy, for God's sake. It's, it's, I mean, he shot a little thing for Always Sunny and then I know the Diaz bros right here doing something with, uh, uh, what, what's the show on CNN, The Chef? Oh, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, they're linking up with him. So I love those guys. The Diaz brothers are my homies, man. Those are my people. Good dudes. I man. just love their style. I was, in, I was in Whole Foods pushing my baby, getting grapes. I love these um, cotton candy flavored grapes. They're hard to find, man. So uh, I have a connection there. The guy texts me when they're getting a batch. So cotton I, candy grapes. Yes, they're grapes, but they they they're mixed with something, some strain, like some mutant grapes. Wow. They taste like cotton candy. Oh, wow. I have the worst sweet tooth, so I eat those instead of sugar. Wow. There's still sugar in them, but it's better than candy. There's some nutrients. Anyways, so the guy <laughs> texts me, hey, we're getting a batch of cotton candy grapes, and I fucking stroll up there. Mm-hmm. And I'm pushing my baby, and I run into Nate. You know, he knows about the show and Rogan and all that stuff. What's up, Brandon? Just getting some cotton candy grapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's just like... He I'm, not, th- I'm not surprised <laughs> that you're getting candy grapes. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, hey, bro, I just want you to know, man, I fell down on purpose. Oh. I'm trying to get some grapes here, brother. Then, you know, like, there's no, we're not. I mean, I guess I could get my recorder out if you want. Did you talk about like it on a pod, on a previous podcast where you probably heard me and Rogan talking about right, it? Right. Because everyone knows, you know, I love Nate. I'm so glad he's getting his yeah. writing. I love yeah. both of those guys, and I'm a huge Connor supporter. Like right. I'm a Connor Dick writer. Yeah, I'll admit it. And uh, so he knows that, and he's just telling me, you know, those shots didn't land. I was falling down on purpose. Like mm. it's gotten mixed up a lot because I'm so so ridiculously pro Diaz, and when it was Diaz McGregor, I went full Diaz because it was Diaz McGregor. Yeah, I mean. They're just too funny to me, those guys. And so, like, some people on like social media and stuff think I'm a McGregor hater, but I'm he's literally like, like my fourth favorite fighter in it's, the world, right? That, that's the we live in this yeah. weird world where if you're like, oh, I like Connor and right. he's fighting Nate, like, fuck you, like, I'll get horrible hate, man. Yeah. Like, but I like both, man. Like, why can't I like both? Yeah. Like, uh, what Connor's doing is it's once in a lifetime. Like, you, you need that. Yeah. So, you really think that those punches did knock him? 
down? Uh, maybe the first one. I think he surprised him. Maybe sat him yeah. down. I don't think it hurt him. Right. I think he's right in that. I don't yeah. think it hurt him. And I think maybe after he might have been a little fatigued and just trying to get Connor to come down to his world to yeah. submit him. That, yeah. That's fair. And Nate's too smart of a fighter to. And so he's not smart. a bullshit. Right. He's not a bu- bullshitter. Either. Right. So so I believed it to a certain extent. It was funny for me to see when Alvarez went down. I feel like. McGregor pounced right he just like went right into it yeah. and it was funny to see that how like right? Nate on his back is like a fucking cobra he's also huge up. though yeah he's also way bigger but and Eddie Alvarez off his back I mean Connor right. got that right but I watched that fight at one in the morning I did a live fight Alvarez companion. or Diaz too uh Alvarez okay Connor McGregor mm-hmm. we did we did a so we did a live comedy show with Fire and the Kid then people saw that, stayed and paid extra to watch the fights with us, like a live companion. Oh, that's so, so me cool. and Brian are talking on mics with this sold out crowd at Palm Beach. Wow. It was a beast. I mean, at one in the morning. But that fight, man, I mean, it, it was insane. That's got to be fun. A live fight companion. I mean, that's got to be so funny. I can just tell how It was great funny, that but it was like, you know, by the time everything, it was like one thirty in the morning. Yeah. We've been talking nonstop. Even I was sick of my own voice. I was right. sick of Brian. Yeah. And... He I mean, was, he we're was sick run- of Brian five minutes. Right, yeah. Later. And he was running on material and <laughs> and and Connor's coming out and he's doing a horrible uh Connor accent, Irish right. accent. Right. And I saw some guys turn around and go. <laughs> and I went I went, Hey B, just give me the mic, man. Maybe uh maybe just sit the rest of the day out, huh? And he goes, Why? I went I'm annoyed. I think the crowd's annoyed. I said, when Connor's walking out, I think we just want to like embrace this. He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It was hilarious. That's man. so funny. I literally took the mic from him. I was like, I'm just going to take this. Yeah. Man, turn this off. I love You're that. fucking up the fight. Now. Did you watch pro wrestling growing up? I did. Yeah. As a grown man, I don't. Of course. Of course. No. 33. I get it. I get it. I, you know, watch I, it. I know you have yeah. to say that. I get. You I know you're it. you're just like Rogan. You have to, you guys have to say every ten seconds that you don't watch it. No, it's I get not, it. It's, I I wish I could get into right. it. I really do. Like I love The Rock. He's one of my top five favorite people. Yeah. And when he did WrestleMania in Miami, I had people over. I'm like, he's back. Yeah. I this horrible Thai food. I remember then where all, I was. For all that. grown yeah. men are watching it, and I was like. This is terrible. Yeah. The Rock owes me fucking $70. Right. Like, this was awful. Yeah. It's so silly. Yeah. But as a kid, like, Macho Man Randy Savage. That was my guy. The Warrior. Yeah. Ric uh, Flair. Ric Flair. The the Bash Brothers. Yeah. But uh, the Macho Man and, uh, um, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, fuck. Uh, uh, Razor Ramon. Oh, that's my buddy. Yeah. I made friends with him. I did morning radio in Chicago. I almost canceled it that morning. I was hungover. It was like 5 a.m. I had to go do Man Cow in the morning, you know, which is like one of those like, you know, he's got like a panel of five goofballs and it's like your ding donger. Man Cow is like oh, huge in Chicago really? and he's on the other side and he's his own producer. He adjusts everything. He's a beast. He runs Chicago. Razor Ramon? And well, man cow in the morning, this DJ and I almost didn't want to go in. I had to promote my show at Zany's. I like fucking dragged myself out of bed, threw on a ball cap and sunglasses. And like, it was one of those where I'm just like, fuck this. And I got there and, uh, and they're like, okay, so you're going to be going on with, um, Scott Hall. You guys are going to, uh, go, you know, go to that other room and he's like, what's Scott Hall, which Scott Hall? Cause that's Razor Ramon's real name. And they're like, 
the wrestler scott hall and i just started like you perked up i went to the bathroom and washed off my face yeah, wiped the like, goop shit. out of my eyes and was just like let's do <laughs> let's this let's do this cut to me and him fucking hanging out he went to my comedy show that night Good in dude. chicago got to give him a shout out really? at the end of the show just fucking you does know he still look like Razor- does he still have that beautiful man mane you know, he hit a very low low years ago, <laughs> years ago, years ago. And I, I, I saw like a documentary. Do. I, I feel s- like every yeah, single one of them does. They really do. They crash hard. I mean, you know, you think Pat Cummins has it bad. You should see. <laughs> Razor Ramon, uh, you know. Hulk anyway. Hogan. Fucking. But in, I'm saying years ago, he was his Razor Ramon hit a low low Scott Hall and he was on an ESPN like 30 for 30 about how he couldn't like walk anymore and all this shit. This fucking guy was so, he was like hanging out with me or you. He was right there because of DDP yoga. You know about this shit? Yes. Diamond Dallas Page. Yes. His daughter was my makeup lady for this uh, special, this show that I shot. Really? Yes. That's so crazy. So funny, yeah. DDP. Well, he did this, he's created this yoga that just like brings people back to life. So now Scott Hall is just like a normal dude. Killing it. Hanging out. Well, maybe not killing it, but at least he's not dying. Exactly. Those Andy's wrestlers crash fucking hard. hard. Yeah. That movie, The Wrestler, is so real. Oof, I know. And I was lucky enough to make friends with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. He was one of my oh, mentors shit. coming up it, here at the Comedy Store. He started hanging out here like, uh, you know, seven years ago or something like that. And for a few years, we became really, really close friends. Really? Really close friends. It was super surreal. So you, you still love WWE? Well, I mean... Yeah, I do. I, and I don't judge at all. I, right. Like, like I said, I wish I could get into it. I yeah. just can't. I mean, you know, it's one of those things to where WWE isn't even the coolest type of pro wrestling now because it's like, you know, sort of tailored for kids and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But no my shit. buddies, we do a pro wrestling podcast every week. And me and my three friends called really? the Store Horsemen. Yeah, we do it here every Sunday. And... um you know, we just riff and laugh about a bunch of stupid shit. Like Japanese wrestling, and exactly. Shit? That's the, what's big, Japanese? right? Huge Japanese PWG. There's like all these different kinds. Do that you guys are, get a good amount of listeners on that? Yeah, really? Yeah, because the, the wrestling fans are like I said. I wish I was in so I could talk about it because that fan base you can tap into that. Like it's huge. they're so loyal. Yeah, and they know their guys. Like I just can't. Yeah, and when CM Punk came, and you're talking about a guy who jumped to the front of the line i'm not one to judge look right. at me for god's sakes right. you know like i'm the cm punk of comedy i say that, <laughs> i say that during my set that's like so I, funny that, i start my set off yeah. like that so i'm the cm punk of comedy i get it but for me i i thought it was good for all those WWE fans to see that mm-hmm. so cm punk was your champ yeah. this is real life and yeah. he fought i love mickey gall but he has a long ways to go he right. fought a very mediocre guy at the time mickey gall yeah. could be champ he has the skills but you know why you're not going to convince pro wrestling fans of that right because like, well, it's, well, look at Brock Lesnar. There it is. Yeah. Brock Lesnar yeah. has a collegiate background right. in wrestling, no, totally. not entertainment. Trust me. He also played in the NFL. CM Punk did better than I thought he was going to do. <gasps> really? Yeah. I, I thought I, it could have gone any worse. It was so bad. Don't get me wrong. It was so terrible. He trained two, think about two years. Yeah. I, and I love the guy. I'm not hating him. I, I've, I've trained with him. I honestly I think I would have done better. I, I'm not even kidding. I think I would have landed a couple inside leg kicks or like, what's that one that, uh, that oblique, like the, like the, the John it? Jones. Yeah. Yeah. To the, the Holly sh- home. Yes. The all Jackson's camp. It's that it? oblique kick. I think something like that. It's like, the, yeah, yes, I hear you. I would have been able to land something. I think, he, he, I know that sounds ne- ridiculous as no. someone who hasn't trained. Yeah. I would have, I've, I wrestled for four years. I would have done something. I would have missed a shot. 
so I would have missed a you punch. You would have so, thrown a, thrown a kick. Landed a kick. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen he what he did. Punch, he, which I, I feel like it, it hurts the WWE fans. He's like, God damn, that was our guy, man. Right. I think he just went out there and he went about it a little bit wrong way. Like he was so arrogant about it because yeah. Roan goes, what you're trying to do, man, it's it's very, you know, it, it's brave, but, uh, you know, you got your work cut out. Good luck. And he goes, luck for losers, Joe. I'll see you out there. <laughs> and you can see Rogan, like, holding his tongue, like, oh, I want to strangle this guy right oh, now. Oh, yeah, totally. So I he just went about a little. And, and then when he got in there, those two years of training, like, I don't give a fuck. It, if you've been in the biggest stadiums, fake wrestling, the UFC is a different animal. So mm-hmm. those nerves are real. Ask DC about him. He was like, yeah, I've been in the Olympics. This shit is insane. Oh, yeah. So he got out there like, holy shit, and just sprinted forward. Yeah. Yeah. Sprint, but, sp- sprinted 22 miles. Yeah, 22 miles. Um, one last question. Khabib, mm-hmm. is, he the, is, he, is, is that a fight that you want to see McGregor, him? It's not happening, I don't think. It's not, it, no, and I, I, all the Khabib fans blow my Instagram and Twitter up, and I, right. I see it. He deserves it, but yeah. you're going to get Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. Right. Uh, Conor McGregor's fight is with uh, Ari Emanuel. It's right. not inside the octagon, right. so Conor's bigger than that. Uh, Khabib, granted, he's a star, and we know most people don't. And right. ru- if they didn't rush, it would be big. And Conor has a huge fan base there, but mm-hmm. he's not a mainstream draw. There's a reason right. why he hasn't been a main event. He's just not a draw yet. Right. So for Conor to fight the scariest guy in the division, and it probably doesn't break his numbers that he did against Diaz or Alvarez, doesn't make sense. Business-wise, it doesn't make sense, and this mm-hmm. is a business. I know people say hate that when I say it, but it is a business. So Conor's going... I might be able to beat him, but he's tough as fuck, man. And as a wrestler, I'm going to have my hands full. I mean, I can fight this guy and make way more money. Right. The fight with him is with Arya Manuel. And, and I, there's no way they give him a, a portion of the company. That's not happening. What I think he's going to get is like a Floyd Mayweather payday. Because when you see the numbers, what he's worth to the UFC, he deserves it. Right. So I think you're, he's going to come around 50 to $100 million payday for one fight. Yeah. And that's how they're going to get him back. But that's his negotiation, negotiation now with Arya Manuel. Wow. But uh, his his fight his first fight back will be against Nate Diaz at 155 for the belt. It'll McGregor be a, tri- be a trilogy. It's either going to be that or his next fights outside, and he fights Floyd Mayweather. I would love either one of those. Th- those are the only two options. Tony Ferguson, Khabib, that ain't happening, guys. That's right. not. I'll uh, and I get it. Tony deserves it. Khabib deserves it. I get it. It's not about that. Right. If it was about who deserves it, we wouldn't see many matchups. Right. It's about who's the star power, who's the draw. And for Connor as a businessman, those fights make zero sense. Yeah. Those two will fight and kill each other, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. But it's Nate Diaz for the belt at lightweight at 155. Or we we did see he just got his boxing license in California, which yeah. California is super tough to fight in uh, yeah. and, and get sanctioned, especially if you have no uh, prior professional boxing experience so I, it might be just been like a, a media hype play for him to kind of tease with the ufc but if he gets one in vegas now we're talking yeah i'm pumped man all right how long did we do one hour and one minute one hour one yeah, minute. I'm a, I'm a chatty cat that's healthy yeah I'm a i like Cathy. i like that. that's pretty it's a pretty good sized podcast right? i liked it i don't i'm not even into ufc at all but but you understood everything yeah that's good I'll, that's I'll drop why some knowledge on you. one of the things that's interesting that i've been applying to life lately is the way that rogan commentates the ufc is like making it so that it's unbelievable what he does if you think about he's it. He's the only guy who can do it. And, you know, I, I saw room, you know, he signed a, a one year deal with them to see mm-hmm. where they're going. Very obviously, Rogan, you know, Rogan, he's smart mm-hmm. as shit. Mm-hmm. Such a great businessman. Yeah. If Rogan were to leave, the sport would never be the same because one of the reasons why our fight campaigns are so big is because Rogan's, we're talking, 
you know, with Rogan about the fights. Yeah. And nothing, no knock on Brian Stan or Kenny Florian and those guys, but it's it's just not as fun. It's yeah. not as fun. It's and just not as cool. I think, you know, the thing that he does that I think these other guys sort of don't get is he explains what you need to know to make the fight the most exciting. In layman's terms. Yeah. Where you don't have to be balls deep in MMA. Right. You just want to know exactly what to be looking for. Where, where those other guys, they're they're very cerebral and they have awesome, right. they're black belts in the game. Right. And they, they know the ins and outs, but right. they forget that when my mom watches, she doesn't know. Right. Rogan doesn't. Right. Mom doesn't can, know what North and South is. No, well. But, you know, Saying he needs to scoot, what he needs to do right now is get his hips out and look for the other arm. Pop his butt up, move towards that fence, and get his feet underneath him, and then stand up. You know what I mean, like that. Which is, it's 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 so simple and it's so perfect, and he executes that. It's almost like he's you know sort of like a that's like how what my wrestling coach used to always yell at me: stand up. Yeah. If if you're down, it's the basics. Get up. Yeah. Yeah, Get the basics. Yeah. And I I told Rogan this when he's going through the negotiations. I said you're in as important to that company as any fighter they have on the roster. And he said you're ridiculous. That's an outrageous statement. And he goes you always exaggerate. I go I don't man. Mm -mm. You think I'm exaggerating? I'm telling you from a guy who's balls deep in the game how much you mean to this. To to this company. Yeah. Never forget that man. I told him. multiple times starting three years ago that he should be running for president for 2016. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Well, now And Trump every won. time he's like, you're crazy. You know, the stuff that I've said, the stuff that I've done, I wouldn't have, you know, that's not how it works. And now, no, and I mean, and I've annoyed him with it so much. <laughs> when Trump started running, I really made it a thing. Like, like dude, you got to do it now. Just throw your hat in. This is back when he still could have done it. And I'm not kidding. You're hearing it right now. You want another exclusive? Yeah. We would be dealing with President Joe Rogan if things had gone the he way would, that I thought he it would. He would never do it. He would never do it because he doesn't want that gig. You know what I'm saying? You're absolutely right. Never do it. But never. I'd much rather hear him say that than yes. it ain't going to happen. I've said too much stuff. It definitely happen. But I would love to hear him own like, yeah, I fucking turned out you know being he, the president of the United States of Just the biggest fucking fuck you to the world. Because he does. That guy, Joe Rogan, lives his dreams. He's turns whatever down. whatever he wants. Yeah, he does whatever he wants. And good. We, and he's good at whatever yeah, he wants to do. Yeah. He loves the UFC. Look, Jack Nicholson's a big fan of what? The Lakers, right? Spike Lee, the New York Knicks. Joe Rogan's just a huge UFC fan. He gets to sit next to the his favorite sport yeah. with a headset on. Yeah. And talk about disconnected it. like Jack Nicholson and Spike Lee gets to actually be a part of his favorite sport. And now do you one better. He'll yeah. say, okay, well, I'm only going to do these certain pay-per-views. I got an idea. When I'm not doing them, why don't I get four, three of my best friends around? Friends. And then f- the f- and we'll call yeah. it the fight campaign. Yeah. And we'll watch it. We'll drink beer, smoke weed, do yeah. whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. And it's the biggest mixed martial arts show of all time yeah not even close yeah not even remotely close destroys everything yep and it's and it's by and i told you this the other night one-on-one and it was and i'm and i'll repeat it for all the listeners and that's that that's the only 
show out of everything like on TV, except for maybe like the Comedy Central roast, which I've written for for the last six Comedy Central roasts, but I, I haven't been those. on one yet. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's but, but I just roasted the dog shit out of Snoop a couple weeks ago, so I, I that's going to be fun. But that's bo- not for Comedy Central. My boy Michael Central. Rappaport texted oh, me. I was like, yeah. dude, your boy's the Tony, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, he's killing it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's what he fucking does. <laughs> but maybe except for a Comedy Central roast, the only thing that I ever see in which I get jealous of other people being on is the fight companion. I'm jealous of everybody, including Joe. Like, I'm just like, (laughs) these guys are having too much fun. Like if I'm like, I'm like trying to figure out like a way to like house of cards my way in. You know what I mean? Oh, Brian Callen at a flat tire. Hey, I'm (laughs) Joe. I'm a Joe. I'm in the neighborhood. Uh, (laughs) You guys do anything? Yeah. Brian just dipped out. Anything going on? Uh, UFC 107 is about to start. Oh, uh, weird. I'm there and I uh, studied all my shit. I'm in the parking lot and uh, deep in the valley. Well, well, really, you know, obviously Joe and I know our shit when it comes to MMA. You got Brian who's there for... Color, I guess. extra color, extra guess, color. and then you got oh. Eddie's balls deep in jitsu, so <laughs> right? Just, just and conspiracy, conspiracy theories. theories. It's a crazy mix, man. And Brian, uh, Brian doing the act outs on uh, the, yes. for the listeners, fundamentals and critiquing the fighters. But I get jealous when I see that shit. Oh yeah, so Rogan, you know, the best commentator, killer stand-up comedian, does everything right, takes the most dangerous openers on the road with him. He has to follow them. You know, Diaz. People don't do that. Nobody does that. Louis doesn't do that. Yeah, Burr doesn't do that. that. Nobody does that. He takes the most dangerous openers in the world. He pushes himself. Always. Pushes himself. Always. Has Diaz, Shafir, me, Duncan, Kreischer, Freak, Segura. Yes. All these people are Monsters. from his camp. It's yeah. like a fight camp. Yeah. And he's the only person that puts assassins right in front of him. And he has to follow that. And he fucking does it. And his other gig is his podcast where he gets to talk to whoever he wants my point is this in closing and wrapping all this up is that joe rogan could have very easily (laughs) have been our president if he wanted to be it's i mean especially with trump and i think it would have been so awesome just everybody just instead of guns everybody just has a bow and arrow (laughs) (laughs) solve a bunch of problems i was watching the last ufc fight with mcgregor Mm -hmm. and i was trying to save money and illegally stream it onto the tv instead of buying the Mm pay-per-view and i found a stream but it wasn't in english so Rogan wasn't commentating, and everyone I was watching with were like, "No, we gotta pay. We need Rogan to oh, watch yeah. the fight." So that yeah, shows he, he's how important su- he's he is. super, super important. Yeah. Super yeah. important. Game changer. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. rare. It's very rare to have those guys. There's been a couple times where I moved up a seat and sat in uh, Joe Silva's seat, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a little headset there, and you yeah. can throw on those yeah, headsets, that and on. that's like. And once you try that, it's like some kind of like drug or something where you're like, oh, I bet it's amazing. You, you need, I mean, like, well, that seat's going to be open now because this is Joe Silva's last month. Yeah. Well, he got pain. They're going to have some William Morris clients sitting sure. in front of me. Some Might fucking, be Conan O'Brien. Or yeah. Conan shit. O'Brien's big ass fucking redhead right <laughs> in front of me. I can't see anything. Maybe Tony could do five minutes on Conan. Wow, look at that, Ari making uh, making <laughs> dreams from 2007 come true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's past that. That's hey, really Se- what I'm Sebastian, into now. Sebastian just did it. Yeah, I know those guys are. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus, Ari. Sorry, <laughs> Thanks didn't mean to offend anyone. You can open up in the belly room or something, man. One day. <laughs> How did Sebastian just get roasted on this show out of nowhere? <laughs> no, I think Conan's cool. No, I know. I'm no, just I love kidding. Conan. Yeah. I love Conan too. Please, I did like his after show. I was like, oh, my publicist came in. They're like, Conan O'Brien. I'm like, dude, hell yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. Like, no, he is cool. You're going to be doing the after show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's still cool. And they like took me around set. I'm like, 
Uh, well, how do you get on there? <laughs> That's well, so get, funny. get more famous, sir. Please get more famous. <laughs> well, I had so much fun talking with you today. Yeah, the best, man. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Episode one of my new uh, yes. talking podcast. What are you going to call it? You know, we're, we're, we're debating. I vote the, uh, the Tony Hinchcliffe program. I was thinking about calling it the Golden Pony Ride. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. They too. call me the Golden Pony. I like, that, I like one. that. I was also just thinking of calling it the Tony Hinchcliffe Podcast. Golden Pony Hour. Golden, Golden Pony, pony Hour. Ride. The Golden Pony Ride. The GPH. Golden Pony Hour. That's pretty cool. I like Pony yeah. Hour, too. Pony, pony Hour. <laughs> I like that. Pony Up. Because we could have an if online. If it's easy, poll. it's easy for people to make. You know, yeah. To find it and to market with your t-shirts. Pony and stuff. hour. Pony hour is pretty easy. Yeah, I like pony hour. Pony hour. I think Brendan. I, I'm pretty sure you just named the podcast. How's how <laughs> cool is that for being guest number one? Boom! What's up? Thank Enjoy you so much for doing dog. this. You're the fucking best. You're the best. Ari Manis on the ones and twos. Anything you want to promote or anything else that we should when keep our eyes out for? When do you guys put these up. We're gonna try and get it up today or tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm at the comedy store Sunday night with in the main room with Delia, Brian Callen. Um, fight companion tomorrow night with Joe Rogan and the crew for UFC uh, Ultimate Fighter finale and Fox Sports One. I'm gonna be there for that. I'm gonna be there for that. Boom. Just, just kidding. I'm not really, but I'm oh. just still trying to squeeze my way. Out. <laughs> I will also be there. You just force <laughs> yeah. yourself. And oh. the Monday night, I'm at the Laugh Factory, so I'm all over. Man. Look at you. You're yeah. on the grind right now. That's what we call that, my friend. Dude, you're I, really doing spots because I've spots. seen you. Yeah. A lot lately. I know. And right? I love that. Uh, I appreciate it. Gotta man. keep doing it. You gotta stay sharp. Trust me, you're oh, yeah. doing the right thing. Yeah. And that is like, you know, people all of a sudden want to chill out and everything. Look, oh, I'm not you know, guy. there's nobody that gets away without not working their ass off. No, it's too competitive, man. And I, like I said, I'm already behind the eight ball. I actually had my Kanye West moment. I had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital because, <laughs> and we can get into that. We'll, well, I'll end on this story yeah. because, uh, our our contract with Fox end, ended 2016, and uh, we had a TV show deal with them, and they wanted to do a sports show. I wanted to do a comedy sports like sketch show. We didn't see eye to eye, so uh, even though they greenlit it, we were like, you know what, we're not doing a sports show. And they went, all right, and I said, you know what, this can be our last uh, year with you guys. We're just going to go off our own. They said, that's fine. They said, but please don't talk about this on the podcast. I went, well, that's that's who I am, man. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't. I yeah. can't. That's like telling me not to breathe. Like, I literally have to talk about to the fans what's, what's going on. Yeah. And they're like, well, you got warned. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'm not going to say anything that's not true, so you don't have to worry about it. And I go on there, do my thing, and then 5 o'clock when that, that night, they're like, oh, you're out. You're banned from Fox. So wow. I had uh, four days to find a studio, find a producer, find everything. And, you know, this is my baby, man. Yeah. I, I was up. I mean, I might have got three hours of sleep some nights and just right. grinding and found the, everything, put all the components together. We had our first show on Wednesday there. and That um, is so cool. Yeah, I had a Kanye West moment though, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to fill me in because I have no, what show are you talking about? The Fire and the Kid. Uh, okay. I yeah. didn't realize you guys were on Fox because yeah. that's a really popular podcast. Yeah. I yeah. realized it was yeah, Fox. Hu- yeah, huge. And they were like, hey, ma- hey man, uh, you know, you guys are doing well. And uh, I'm the one who came up with the contract four years ago. Uh, where I, I told Brian, let's bet on ourselves. The show wasn't shit. I said, let's bet on ourselves. They want to give us a salary month to month. I went, no, no, no. We don't want any of that. Just if we get sponsors, a few advertisers, let's keep 100%. They went, we don't have to pay anything. I went, nope, just provide the studio. They said, okay. And we tied them into this long-term deal. And, you know, the show is what it is. And, you know, we're killing it. And then they're like, all right, well, we want 50%. I went, well, we're just going to go on our own, man. We're yeah. good. So that's where we're at now. And that's I'm great. just that's getting cool. my head above water right now. I think that's a smart move. Oh, yeah. And over a little bit of time, everything is going to 
definitely work its way out because your guys' podcast is so unbelievable that, I mean, that's what wins at the end of the day. Content is everything. Content's everything and being truthful. And, yeah. you know, with programming these days on TV, there's a producer, there's people who want you to go a certain angle. We don't have that, man. So I, I address that with the fans and... Uh, I always say this, and I said this last thing I said to Fox, do you really want to bet against us? Right. And, the, you know, the studio's killing it now. We we had our most downloads ever last month because yep. of this, so we'll see what's up. I love it. Yeah, that, I love that's it, how it happens. Yep. That's how controversy happens. Yep. Bring like, it. Even with the WWF, like, the, they were never bigger than they were when Stone Cold was going, fuck you, boss, you yeah. know what I mean, to Vince yeah. McMahon. Yeah. I mean, that's when the whole thing blew open. Yep. They didn't even know that wasn't even a thing, really. Vince, I mean, would would appear once in a while, but it wasn't until like the employee went against the boss. And which, I mean, same with Stern, obviously True. too. Like when Stern went off the radio. So I just never, uh, and we can end on this. But you I, guys are in recliners now too. Yeah, wearing some God red leather damn. recliners. Holy shit! I have, gotta a, get those I, down I have here. a huge Venice uh, painting being done right now. It's sick, man. Wow. But um. It, I think whenever yourself, when, whenever you're true to yourself, you can't lose, man. Right. You know, like if I was fake and bowed down in the long run, it would have screwed us. Yeah. So I'm always going to bet on just kind of speaking my mind. Absolutely. Boom. And don't you dare ever hesitate. We did it, guys. This is it. I'm proud of you guys. At the start of this podcast, it didn't even have a name. Now you just listened to the first ever episode of The Pony Hour. Boom! I'm Tony Hinchcliffe. Check everything out at TonyHinchcliffe.com. Going to a lot of fun places coming up. Calgary, Texas, bunch of fun places. Continuously, always touring. That's about to start back up in 2017. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon. Ari Manis, anything else? Any parting? Any words? Did anything stand out to you? I learned a lot today. Do you think I messed up on anything? You have any questions or anything? Honestly, I had no expectations, and I'm impressed. It was a great first episode. I learned a lot. I love that. That's why you're gonna. You Brandon's just locked yourself cool in. I, you yeah, know what? Too. You just got yourself. Uh, I'm gonna extend your contract to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> did, so, did you think I was an asshole or what? Honestly, I, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'd never heard you. And I've heard your name and I've heard mm. of the fighter kid, but I haven't heard anything you've done. Mm. And you're a cool dude, so Boom. I had no expectations. Thanks, man. Yeah. Ari Manis, one of the top rising young comedians here at the comedy store. Thank so you very it's a good much. Good guy to have on your side. Anybody named Ari is gonna help you in show I business. Agree. <laughs> I agree. There you go. We did it. Goodbye.